This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Elon Musk took the witness stand on Friday to defend a tweet he sent in 2018 in which he claimed that he had secured funding to take Tesla private in a deal that never came close to happening. The tweet resulted in a $40 million settlement with securities regulators and also led to a class action lawsuit that alleges he misled investors. The trial was adjourned for the weekend and Musk was told to return on Monday to answer more questions. In his initial appearance on the stand, Musk defended his prolific use of Twitter, stating that it is the most democratic way to distribute information, even while acknowledging the constraints of Twitter's 240-character limit that can make it difficult to make everything as clear as possible. He said, I think you can absolutely be truthful on Twitter, but can you be comprehensive? Of course not. This trial hinges on the question of whether a pair of tweets that Musk's posted on August 7th 2018 damaged the Tesla shareholders during a 10-day period leading up to a Musk admission that the buyout he had envisioned wasn't going to happen. And in the first of these tweets, Musk stated, quote, funding secured for a $72 billion buyout of Tesla at a time when the electric automaker was still grappling with production problems and was worth far less than it was now. Now, Musk followed up a few hours later, with another tweet suggesting a deal was imminent. And after it became apparent that the money wasn't in place to take Tesla private, Musk stepped down as Tesla's chairman. Now, he remained the CEO as part of the Securities and Exchange Commission settlement without acknowledging any wrongdoing. Now, the billionaire came into court wearing a dark suit and tie on the third day of the civil trial in San Francisco that his lawyers unsuccessfully tried to move to Texas, where Tesla is now headquartered, on the premise that media coverage of his tumultuous takeover of Twitter had tainted the jury pool. And the jury that was assembled earlier this week focused intently on Musk while he answered questions posed by Nicholas Porritt, a lawyer representing Tesla shareholders. And at one point, Musk asked Porritt if he would speak closer to the microphone so he could hear him better. At other times, Musk craned his neck as he gazed around the courtroom. Musk, who's 51 years old, said he cares, quote, a great deal about investors and also railed against short sellers who made investments that reward them when a company's stock price falls. He called short selling an, quote, evil practice that should be outlawed, denigrating those who profit from it as, quote, a bunch of sharks. When shown communications from Tesla investors urging him to curtail or completely stop his Twitter habit, before the 2018 buyout tweet, Musk said he couldn't remember all those interactions from years ago, especially since he gets a, quote, Niagara Falls of emails. And even before Musk took the stand, U.S. District Judge Edward Chen had declared that the jurors can consider those two tweets to be false, leaving them to decide whether Musk deliberately deceived investors or whether his statements settled them with losses. Now, Musk has previously contended he entered into the SEC settlement under duress and maintained he believed he had locked up financial backing for a Tesla buyout during meetings with representatives from Saudi Arabia's 
Public Investment Fund. And an expert on corporate buyouts hired by shareholder lawyers to study the events surrounding Musk's proposal to take Tesla private spent the bulk of his three hours on the stand Friday deriding the plan as an ill-conceived concept. Quote, this proposal was an extreme outlier, said a Harvard University business and law professor for more than 20 years. It was incoherent. It was illusory. The trial continues on Monday with Musk expected to answer more questions from lawyers representing the stakeholders. And the outcome of the trial could have significant implications for Musk, Tesla, and the future of the company. And if the jury finds that Musk deliberately deceived investors, he could be held liable for damages, which could be substantial. Additionally, the SEC could take further action against him, which could include fines and penalties, and even a ban from serving as an officer or director of a publicly traded company. Now, the trial also highlights the importance of social media and its impact on the business world. The use of social media by public companies and their executive has become increasingly common in recent years, but it also brings new risks and challenges. Companies and their executives must be aware of the potential impact of their statements on social media and must be careful to ensure that their statements are accurate and not misleading. And in the meantime, the Tesla shareholders will be closely watching the trial and its outcome as it could have a significant impact on their investments. The company's stock price has been highly volatile in recent years, and any potential legal liabilities could have a negative impact on the company's financial performance. The trial is also being closely watched by other companies and executives as it serves as a cautionary tale about the potential risks of social media and the importance of being mindful of what is being shared with the public. As social media continues to play a larger role in the business world, it is important for companies and their executives to be aware of the potential impacts of their statements and to make sure they are accurate and not misleading. Hey, real quick, if you could take a second and hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you're on right now, I'd greatly appreciate it because it helps me grow the show and helps me get better production and guests on the show too. So thanks so much for that. Now let's get into some SpaceX content. SpaceX is testing the world's most powerful rocket at Starbase, Texas. And within the next few weeks, we should know if there's going to be a wet dress rehearsal and a static fire of 33 Raptor 2 engines on the booster. Every time that the booster has static fired, it has destroyed the concrete underneath the launch pad. We brought this up in a few other videos. And we all know that destroying concrete underneath a delicate rocket is a bad thing. And just recently, we saw that they will be moving parts of a deluge system and possibly a flame diverter towards Starbase, Texas from Florida. And this is all caught on camera by the NASA space flight crew because they have robot cameras all over the place on every launch site, it seems like. These tubes and pipes that are coming into Starbase, Texas might not be implemented anytime soon. SpaceX and Elon Musk have also said that they're going to be taking their time with Starbase. They're going to be taking their time with this orbital flight test. And could they spend months, possibly, implementing this deluge system and maybe the flame diverter before the launch actually happens to mitigate any sort of circumstances that could harm the Starship on the launch. Now, just recently, Elon Musk said 
in February or March, there's a pretty good chance that they'll be launching this thing. But if they need to use a flame diverter, if they're going to stop anything from happening from this concrete underneath the starship, it's going to take them a while to get it implemented. And this could be a very basic implementation. And SpaceX is known for implementing things quickly and also upgrading them as they go. If they do something that's very basic, they could upgrade it within the next few months to make it absolutely perfect for flight number two of a starship. And if SpaceX chooses to do this before the orbital flight test, we could be looking at a test in June, July, August, maybe September of 2023. Now that's not something that we want to see. We don't want to wait for a long time for this thing. But you've got to remember that this is a very important, possibly the most important spaceflight in human history. This could change everything about human spaceflight. So it could take them a while to get this implemented before the first orbital flight test of Starship. And on Twitter, Alex, which is at AlexPhysics13, tweeted out some photos from NASA spaceflight, but also tweeted out this message right here. There are four small tanks, five sets of high pressure gas tanks and at least three larger tanks, as well as several tubes and manifolds believed to be for a deluge system for Starbase. It's a crazy amount of hardware for sure. Now, Alex has a point here. There's a ton of hardware coming into SpaceX Starbase, Texas. If this is going to be implemented in the near future, it could take them weeks, possibly months. If they implement all of these high pressure gas tanks, four small tanks, three larger tanks, and several tubes and manifolds. It could take them months just to test this to make sure that it works right before the first flight test. And even though we're talking about delays of the Starship, there's a possibility that they still do get it launched in February or March of this year. So that's only a few weeks away if you count it by the weeks. But the FCC just re-granted a license to SpaceX for the experimental orbital demo and recovery test of the Starship test vehicle from Starbase, Texas. Now this is the FCC, not the FAA. And the FCC basically is allowing SpaceX to transmit signals from a Starship using SpaceX's Starlink to a ground station so they can communicate with the spacecraft and get telemetry data as it launches. The Starlink could also be used to transmit video back to Starbase Texas so they can broadcast it on their YouTube channel for everybody to see during the launch. Now, this is an important point that I want to make here. If this hardware is going to be used for the first orbital flight test for the Deluge system of the first Starship and the booster, the FAA might step in. They may have to get more environmental approval for the millions of gallons that it's going to take for a Deluge system for a starship. Where are they going to put all that water? Are there going to be giant tanks that it's going to flood into? Or is it going to flood the area around Starbase? Flooding the area around Starbase is not good because it's a protected national environmental space. And SpaceX cannot damage that. It's a no-no. They can't do that. And that's why they have to possibly, and I don't want this to happen because I want them to launch this thing as soon as possible, but they may have to get another environmental assessment. And this is kind of a good thing in a way because SpaceX could be building the next generation of Starship while this is all happening. And the first orbital flight test 
may go off without a hitch because they took their time and they were safe about it. And you want the first launch to go off flawlessly because this will be the rocket that sends people to the surface of the moon again. Also for the Polaris program and also the Dear Moon project, which will see people go around the moon and come back down to the surface of the Earth. This could delay SpaceX months, possibly a year, if they need to implement this system before everything is launched and the FAA steps in and does another environmental assessment. We saw how long the last one was. Over six months just for an environmental assessment. This one might be a little bit less because there's not as many moving parts that the FAA has to go through, but there's a possibility that they do delay the launch if SpaceX implements this beforehand. And this is an interesting tidbit that I came upon on the NASA Airborne Science Program website. SpaceX Starship launch was meant to be January 20th, 2023. And if you look into it a little bit deeper, there's a WB-57 plane that's ready to do the science for the Starship. And the WB-57 plane, this thing will be tracking the Starship as it comes back from the orbital flight test. But more importantly, it's going to be watching the heat tiles on the Starship. And this will allow SpaceX and NASA to gather data from this craft in order to make any preparations for future flights of the Starship. SpaceX just recently launched a new Starlink mission from Vandenberg Space Force Base, and Vandenberg tweeted this out. Congratulations on the first launch of 2023 from VSFB. Since 1958, there have been 2023 launches on the base. This launch also makes the 100th launch from SLC-4E since 1964. That is an amazing feat by Vandenberg Space Force Base and by SpaceX. Hey, thanks so much for listening and supporting the show. If you'd like to support it even more, hit the subscribe button and you'll get more Elon Musk news every time I put out an episode. They're usually daily, sometimes every other day. So you get a lot of Elon Musk news and you don't have to go searching for it. It's right here on the show. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.